The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. This segment of the show is brought to you by the PGA Tour Superstore. See why golfers everywhere are proud to call PGA Tour Superstore their golf pro shop. Visit them online at PGATourSuperstore.com. Now back to Chris and more of the show. And now back in making his sixth appearance with me here on the French Lick Resort guest line is 2013 Senior Open Champion and now one of the top instructors in the game, and that's Mark Wiebe. Let me remind you a little bit about Mark's background. He's from Seaside, Oregon, and grew up in Escondido, California. Played his college golf at Palomar Junior College and then transferred over to San Jose State. But while at Palomar, he was the individual medalist at the 1977 California Amateur, and he won the 1977 Idaho Amateur as well. He was named a second-team All-American in 1970, uh, 1979 at San Jose State. And that season, he and Don Levin won the Silverado Invitational in Napa, California. He turned pro in 1980 and started out on the PGA Tour in 1983. His first career win came at the 85 Anheuser-Busch Classic when he beat John Mahaffey with a birdie on the first playoff hole. He won again the following year at the 86 Hardy's Golf Classic by one shot over Kurt Byram, thanks to a birdie on 17 during the final round. Mark matched Bobby Watkins' record for being the youngest winner out on the Champions Tour at 50 years and 10 days old when he won at the SAS Championship. 2013, like I say, he won the Senior Open Championship at Royal Brookdale. He defeated Bernhard Langer on the fifth playoff hole to capture that Senior Major Championship with the final round, 66. Later in 2013, he captured the Pacific Lynx Hawaii Championship again in a playoff over Corey Pavin. In all, he's won eight times as a professional, twice on the PGA Tour, five times on the Champions Tour and uh, the 1986 Colorado Open as well. He is now the Director of Instruction at San Jose Country Club in San Jose, California. And I'm thrilled he's back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Mark, thanks for coming back on the show. Hey, Chris. How are you, buddy? I'm fantastic, my friend. How are you? How's, how's the beginning of golf season out in San Jose? Well, I will tell you, I think people out here are a little bit antsy. We've had a whole bunch of rain, and uh, it's really curtailed the springtime uh, onslaught of golf that people usually get into and with spring break coming up for a lot of the kids uh, it's been raining so everybody's kind of grumpy uh, walking around in <laughs> rain gear and sweaters and hats and uh, so I think the NorCal would love to see a little bit of sun here soon I'll tell you what Mark it, it's, it's very similar here in Atlanta we've had a ton of rain so it's been difficult to get out on on the onto the course at all, and even trying to get out on the range. So, which is a perfect way for us to get started, because the what I wanted to ask you about to, to kick off our segment is fundamentals, right? Now we're if if we haven't had an opportunity to play much golf or to swing because we haven't been able to get outside, whether it's due to rain or cold or what have you, how do we make sure that we get started back with the right fundamentals and we're not out there creating bad habits that uh, we're going to have to work ourselves back out of? Well, you know, to me, there's just, I just have three basic fundamentals. So that, that's good because I'm keeping the number down so I don't get lost in it. But uh, 
for most people, you know, the grip, uh, your alignment, and your posture are kind of the basic fundamentals you need to have in golf, uh, no matter what level you are. I know that uh, when I played the tour uh, and and the Champions Tour as well, when you took time off, uh, especially when you play a lot of golf, you, you really do take time off. You don't take time off in golf. You get away from it. Um, so you, when you come back after, I don't know, two or three weeks or maybe more in some cases, you know, it's not like you're, you've lost your, your swing or anything, but you do go back to your checkpoints and, you know, obviously holding the club correctly and having your, your grip, you've been doing it for a while. So holding on to the club correctly and then you need to know where you're aiming. So you got to point your body in the right direction and then have the right uh, correct posture to support your movement or your golf swing. So um, I keep that short. I don't know if anybody has more than that, but uh, you know, I think that when you when you've had this break and you go back out, um, those are the three checkpoints that I, I do personally, and I also encourage with all the people that I'm helping with uh, golf lessons. And Mark, when we first go back out. Right before we are playing, whether it's our first round of the season or really any time before we actually go out and tee it up on the first tee, how do you teach your students to get ready and to warm up and be prepared? How much time should we really take out on the range, and what are the things that we should do in order to make sure that we're ready to play our best round of golf? Well, you know, everybody's different. Now, I hate to categorize everyone in the same boat. Uh, You know, some people need – uh, for instance, with Craig Stadler, if, if Craig came out sooner than 25 minutes before his tea time, then we all thought he was sick or something was wrong with him because he just didn't want to be out there. He was, uh, he would get bored. And, and so he needed a short amount of time. And then, of course, you'd have someone along the lines of a David Frost or, uh, other, other buddies of mine that, that needed a full, you know, two hours, hour and a half uh, to get everything, you know, they go through all their checkpoints before they uh, start their game. So, uh, you know, that's hard to to just generalize just one time. I I think the best thing to do is to be, you know, stretched and flexible. And when you do go out, so you're you're ready to go physically as far as stretching and, and, uh, and not worrying about how many swings you've made. So, you don't have to go make swings to become loose. You've already stretched and you're loose, I think, is a key before you go outside. Uh, and then I, I think, again, I hate to avoid your question. Everybody's so different. You know, personally, uh, I, I hit so many wedge shots when I warmed up that that was kind of the bulk of my warm-up session before I played was sand wedges and pitching wedges. Uh maybe 30 or 40 balls, and then I moved right on and threw my bag quickly, you know, short iron, seven iron, uh, maybe a mid iron, and then on to three wooden driver. And all of these were one or two balls each because by the time I was done with my wedges, I was ready to go. Uh, and also weather is a big dictator on how much time you get. Obviously, if it's cold, you're going to need a little extra time not only to get loose, but to kind of get your body prepared for what the weather is going to be when you play. Um, Obviously, if it's warm, you don't need as much time. 
um, you're ready to go. You're, you know, by the time you stretch, you're kind of ready to go. So uh, everybody's a little different. I, I mean, I don't rush stuff. Uh, I, you know, there's times that you go out to hit balls and people get panicky if they don't hit it just right on the range before they play. And it really, it depends on what you take out of your range session. But if you're going out before you play to warm up, then it's actually just warming up. It's not really working on your golf swing and making sure things are aligned correctly as far as uh, all the things you're working on that particular time. I think that the range is for work, the golf course is for play. And to take that a step further, Mark, when, when you're doing a playing lesson with one of your students, talk about what you're looking for and do you, do you get into the mental side of the game, you know, whether it's decision-making, whether it's frustration and stress, how do you do a playing lesson when you're out watching one of your students? Well, I, that's a great question. I, I mean, I'm totally uh, watching their mental side. And not so much are they positive or negative, but what are they thinking? Are they wasting thoughts with, uh, for instance, well, the last time I hit a driver, I left it right. Should I aim more left? You know, any thoughts of his, history? Um, I try to get out of their head. So I'm really looking for someone that is trying to, and I'm trying to help with them manage their game. But not only that, but uh, I've, I have course management and then there's game management. And course management is how you would play a golf course, how it sets up for you. You know, are you a left to right or are you a right to left? Or do you want to hit it low that week or high? Is it wet or hard? Is the rough penal? Is it not penal? So that's you're kind of preparing your way around to play a golf course. There's game management, and that is when you hear Tiger a lot saying he didn't have his A game today. Uh, not many guys have their A game when they play. You know, I'll take a B game any day because it's not bad. So, but you have to know when you're right on the button hitting the ball and when you're kind of miss hitting the ball and it may be going a half a club short. So that's game management. So I'm, when I'm working, especially with the juniors, I'm trying to get them to think their way around the golf course and not give in to the, oh, well, I'm not hitting it good today. I probably won't have a good score. I would rather say, oh, and I may not be hitting it that well, but what a challenge this is. I have a great opportunity to have a low score when I'm not even on my game. So that's kind of what I think is where – it's not just me, but most guys that have played the tour, you know, you have to become that way to be successful. And I'm trying to share as much of that knowledge as I can with my juniors to hopefully have them so they can have a shorter road to success and maybe learn some things uh, without having to actually go through them and experience them in them firsthand. I can maybe help them bypass a couple obstacles. And Mark, as you talk about thought process and, and managing our games, when when you're watching a player out there on on the uh, on the course, when we maybe we hit a bad shot into the trees or we've hit it into a thicker rough, and sometimes in our minds we're all better than we really are, right? We're going to pull off that hero shot. I'm going to take it in this tree and I'm going to slice it around this tree and I'm going to make it go on the green and I'm going to pull off you know a par. 
how do you get your your players to you know okay hang hang on a second let's take a, let's not turn you know a bogey into what could be a double or a triple how do you get them to kind of really think their way around sometimes you got to take your medicine just take a bogey let's not walk out of here with triple yes well you know i'm out when i'm out with them i'm trying to explain to them their options and i'm letting them know that in a round of golf, the object is to shoot the lowest. So is the lowest, how much is that risk reward, the shot you're in, you're trying to hit through this little thicket of trees, is it worth that or is it not? And I, I think if you're playing, uh, if you're playing golf, well, not just for a living, but if you're playing golf where your score means something, then to me, I like playing the percentages. I get, I'm trying to get, the juniors I work with to be so good with their wedge games that it's not a big deal to get it back and play and have a wedge into a green and probably have, if you get really good with your wedge game, probably have a pretty short putt at par. And sometimes, in fact, even hitting it up there close where you can go tap in. So I'm trying to get them to do that, but I will tell you I think the best teacher of that is to – Take that one chance and have it not pay off because it doesn't pay off because that's why it's a risk-reward. And you you find yourself with that triple or making a nine on a par five may be the best lesson you can get because once you do that once or twice, you realize, you know, you're blowing three and four shots at a time doing making these decisions. So the 78s turn into 73s, the 73s turn into 67s, and that's how you shoot lower. So I, I try to impress them that this is kind of, here are your options. This one probably has a higher percentage to make par or bogey. This one has a percentage to possibly make a birdie if you hit it on the green from here through the trees and over the water. And not buried in the lip of that bunker, you might be, you know, you might be able to, but I, you know, there's also some about it, uh, one of the juniors that likes to give it a run. I you know there's a fine line between aggressive and just maybe not making a smart decision. Mark, just a couple more before I let you go. And, and let's, you know, kind of now finish up our round. If if we're coming down the stretch, and you've done this, uh, you know, a bunch of times where you've had an opportunity to win and you've pulled it off, how do you get your students to mentally prepare for, let's not get ahead of ourselves, but now we're coming down the stretch and let's stay in the moment and not, you know, kinda, you know, hey, one hand on the trophy, but you still got golf to play. How do you keep them in the moment and not let them either be be overcome by the thought of winning or be beaten down by the stress of trying to win. Right. Well, this is something that I think you need to practice. And my examples to my juniors are, you know, if you're if you're not doing very well out of the bunkers, you go practice bunker shots. If you're not driving the ball very well with your driver, you go to the range and practice your driver. Same thing with putting. You go practice your putting. So if you want to work on being in the present and working on your mental frame of mind while you play, then you need to practice that as well. So 
when you're out and you think there, there are times you go out and you're just playing with your buddies and everything's cool, uh, but there are times that I think when you go out and you're playing with your buddies or you're playing by yourself or or whatever, you need to practice those mental being in the moment times because you never, it seems like there's never success looking in the past or looking too far ahead. And if you watch, I, I mean, I, I'm always using the tour players. Those players stay in the moment. So they're never, uh, and I think the guys that don't or the girls that don't probably don't have as much success because it's just a hindrance uh, more than it's an advantage. So I'm, I'm constantly talking to my kids about, you know, I don't care what you stand, and I, and I use myself an ex- as an example. I don't care what shot this is in the hole I'm playing. It doesn't matter if it's my second shot or fourth shot or sixth shot. It doesn't matter. I'm still trying to hit this shot right now. So take the number away. Take the outcome away. Be in the present. Execute what we practiced on the range for countless hours. This is what we're doing. We're trying to create this time that you can rely on your routine, your thought process, your course management, your preparation that you've made, and you get to trust that and see what happens. And if it, if you're pulling that off, that means your trust factor kind of fires up and gets high, and that's great. That's the direction we want to go. But as long as we're all staying in the moment, in the present, and not getting outside of our little bubble of right now, Mark, for those who are now you've wet their whistle for a boy, I really wish Mark Weeby was my instructor. How can they stay up to date with all the things you're doing, and uh, whether that's uh, following you on social media or reaching out to try to get a lesson? Well, let me see. Uh, my website is pretty easy. It's markweebygolf.com. Uh, you just kind of spell my last name right. That's all uh, W-I-E-B-E. <laughs> um, that kind of takes you wherever you need to be. I got my email on that. I have my uh, connection to San Jose uh, Country Club's website. Um, you can book lessons online with me. You don't have to email me. You can just go on to book now on my website and uh, and look at my schedule and book your lesson. Uh, we have a new junior program that's been fantastic. It's called Inside the Ropes, and I'm trying to teach the kid what the kids what really happens inside the ropes, not not a pretender, just a contender. So trying to let them know the thought process, the course management things, everything you need to know to get to that next level is what we're trying to share. So lots of stuff going on at San Jose Country Club and uh, excited for this spring and summer. Well, Mark, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to come back and be a part of the show. Always enjoyed the segment when you're a part of it. I hope you'll come back and share more of your stories and insights with us real soon. You're fantastic, my friend. You're great, Chris. Thanks so much for having me. I, I always enjoy it. Mark, take care. All the best to you and your family. We'll catch up again soon. Thanks, buddy. See you, Mark. See you later. That is the great Mark Weeby. MarkWeebyGolf.com and follow him on uh, Instagram and Twitter as well. What a great guy. Great, great stories, great lessons, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about his playing days the next time he comes back on the show. But always enjoy, Mark. Looking forward to that very much.
The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. When you buy a used car, don't be taken for a ride. Get Ford Blue Advantage certified at Wade Ford, Atlanta's headquarters for factory certified pre-owned vehicles. Go to wadeford.com. There you'll find a great selection of Ford Blue Advantage certified used cars, trucks, and SUVs with Blue certified. Nearly all makes and all models are in stock now. You'll find something perfect for just about any budget. Buy with confidence at the Wade Ford factory certified used car outlet at wadeford.com. Wade Ford. We are Atlanta's Ford dealer. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. (sighs) Or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at Camp Margaritaville Lanier Islands.com. 